0: Great. We're just going to open your Bible, like you just share with you just uh, something on Mother's Day, on the value of a mother, and uh, just uh, we'll go into Ephesians chapter six and verse two. Ephesians six and verse two. Here it is, a good one. I love this verse, key to life. It says, in uh, <clears throat> verse two and verse three. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You may be well with you, and live long on the earth. Honor your father and mother. So today we're honoring mothers, and uh, we want to make a special feature of mothers and who mothers are. I want to share with you just shortly some five needs that a mother meets in a child, five ways that a mother represents what God is like to a young person in their forming stages. And, uh, but I want to just, uh, I was thinking about mothers today, and of course we uh, tend to make a fuss, and and, uh, and uh, there's flowers and there's all kind of happy things and the fun on the day. But uh, actually there's quite a range of mothers. And so what I wanna do is just find out which one. I got about 10 categories of mothers that I thought of today as I was just uh, thinking about the service. And uh, first of all, let's see if we can find out just what we've got by way of mothers here. So just put your hand up and give a wave. as uh, as we just identify mothers. First of all the young mothers have got first and second child and uh, the body's not their own they've just been exhausted all the time they've got uh, two young two or three young ones they have got little ones any mothers who have got young ones just put your hand on them away let's give them a great big clap today eh? the little ones that's great okay then the, the another group of mothers are the mothers of teens Now that's a really challenge. Kids are starting to turn and look the other way and they're leaving mum behind and they're real... Come on, all the mums are teams. hands up. Oh, come on, give them a special clap. They really need it. And uh, then there'll be some mums here who'll be working mums and you're trying to run a run a job and provide extra for the family and run a home and try and keep the marriage together and try to do everything else. So if you're a working mum here today, why don't you put your hand up, just give them a clap today. Well, we've got a whole heap of working mums too. <laughs> Get on the working mums. A real challenge to try and balance life up. And uh, then we may have some mothers here, empty nest mums, your children have grown up and left home. How many, how many mothers we got here the kids have left home? Oh, okay, special so clap for them. Kids may have left home, but they're still in their mum's heart. <clears throat> Probably mum has to still pay for things too. And uh, there'll be... It <laughs> seems, just seems to cost more, doesn't it? It just never stops, does it? Just when you thought you'd have money and time, and they haven't got it. They still want more. And then there'll be uh, some mothers here. I hope there'll be a heap of mothers here. You've, uh, I'd call them fulfilled mothers. You, uh, inv- you majored in investing in your children's life and in the home. And now you've found you've got some great memories of family and great connections with family still. So I want the mums that are in that category. You've grown up your children and you made a major investment in family life. And uh, you've got some great memories of family life. Come on, who's those mothers there? Fulfilled mums. Look at them happy ones there. That's fantastic. Great stuff. And uh, then I thought, well, there'll be some other mothers here who are alone. Uh, You have no husband because uh, either he divorced you or... Uh, perhaps she has died and so for you today we'll have very very mixed feelings a day when we can celebrate motherhood but also a day when there's a lot of mixed feelings as well people just like to know who you are so we can just uh, also there's some over here husbands have died or they've been left on their own let's give them a clap yeah courageous mums Then there may be uh, some mothers here and uh, again today for you is not a day when you celebrate it's a day of great mixed feelings partly celebration also partly sadness because uh, you were abandoned by a man, and perhaps in your heart, there's a grief that you had to raise the children alone. I know there's some who'd be like that today. I want you to just raise your hand if you're like that today. Mums, had to raise your kids alone. There's some over here. There's some over here. And that's Come on, just give them a great clap. Give them a great clap. Good on you for being a courageous mum. Mums never abandon the kids. Okay, what about some mums that had, perhaps uh, you lost a child, there was a miscarriage, or some loss of an infant, or a death and uh, so your mums with empty arms there'll be one or two here like that I'm sure your mums have got empty arms just with your hands up just give them a big clap there's some over here <clears throat> a whole heap of different kind of mums then uh, there may be some mums here who are grieving because uh, the father hurt the children or abandoned the children in some kind of way uh, uh, or perhaps even the, the kids have gone astray. So as a mother now, you're perhaps grieving over your kids and you're praying that God will bring them back, God will heal them and touch them. I wonder if you've any mothers that are perhaps grieving over their kids, just longing for God to touch them. Why don't you raise your hands? I've got a number here. Come on, let's just give them a clap too. And then we'll have some mums here who are enjoying the next generation. They're now grandmothers. And uh, you're just excited because mo- you're a mother of a mother. Okay, why don't we get some grannies here today? Let's raise your hands. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So there may be other... I just, those were about 10 I thought of as I thought about mothers. Sometimes you just think of mothers, you think of sort of mothers. But uh, actually, as you see, just as we talked among that group, there's a whole range of different mothers with different kinds of memories, different kinds of experience. But every one of them's got some things which are unique, some things which are in common. And I want to just talk a little bit about that. I want you to go and have a look in Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 and I want to particularly just value mothers and what they are and uh, we want to talk about uh, I want to share with you just five needs in the development of a child that a mother meets a father can attempt to meet these but actually doesn't do so hot and uh, let's just have a look here in verse uh, in chapter uh, 5 of Genesis this is the book of the genealogy of Adam and the day that God created man. Notice what it says here. He made man in his likeness, made man in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them Adam in the day they were created. So notice what it tells us here that when uh, God created the first man, man and woman, God called them together as being man. In other words, man and woman together represent many of the characteristics of what God is like. Man on his own doesn't represent all of those characteristics. Woman on her own doesn't represent them all. But together they represent what God is like. And so that word likeness means something like this. It means a resemblance. It means to act like. To act like God or to... Uh, resemble what God is like. So sometimes we, when we're thinking about God, we don't know what God is like, but God has made ways in creation that we can see what he's like. And a, a man represents certain characteristics of God, but a woman represents different characteristics. And so we're just going to have a look at some of the characteristics. And God makes it very clear that how we relate to our mother uh, is also an indication of our connection with God. So God very much connects together the relationship with natural parents and a relationship with him. That's because when mums and dads came into being in the family, then what happens is they are the first people in authority, the first people in the child's life, and they're the ones who create the first and the lasting impressions on the child's development, and particularly the mother. In the first season of the child's life, the mother perhaps has the primary developmental influence on the child. And so the mother represents an aspect of God that is completely unique. A mother represents an aspect of what God is like to the child. Now, of course, not all mums do it well, but we're going to just look at five needs that every person has, and a mother actually fosters and brings forth those areas and meets those needs in a child's life. Later on, of course, as the child goes through teens and then eventually leaves home, he, he starts to distance himself from his mother, starts to begin to connect with dad, begins to shape identity, and then begins to move out into the world to make us smart in the world. And I want to talk about five things which are very unique or very necessary in the development of every person. We have to remember that God designed us for a purpose. And part of that purpose is having a relationship with him. And part of that purpose is to represent what he's like and to act on his behalf on the earth. So a mother represents one some aspects of what god is like and a mother represents the aspects of relationship unique uh, to her own uh, womanhood and i want to just share what they are let me just give them to you here's the first one every child every person born into this world has a need to feel safe or a need for safety every child has a need for safety and so when a, when a child is born in the world, you ever watch a child a little child with a mum and I just watch my grandchildren, and I watch, and they're mummy's kids. They're really daddy's kids. They're mummy's kids. And I just watched my granddaughter, and I saw just how she's always looking around for mummy. And so for a little child in a world, the world is a very big place. The world's a very dangerous place. The world's a very unsafe place. And what she has a need to learn is a need to be safe. And that need for safety ultimately is met in a relationship with God. But where it's first learned is in a relationship with a mother. So one of the first things a mother does is provides a sense of safety for the child. And that's why you notice the children instinctively will cling to mummy. They'll be mummy's kids. And they'll go and they'll hold on to mummy's leg and they'll cling on to mummy. Something goes wrong, dad's playing with them, something goes wrong. There's a whale goes up and who do they want? Mummy. And it's, there's something in the heart of a child. And the mother has a unique capacity to bring forth from within the child. It meets the need for the child to feel safe. And all children born into the world have a need to feel safe, to be in an environment that's safe. And that need is first met in the relationship with a mother. So you notice wherever you look at little babies, they'll always look where the mum is. They don't let out of the, out of their sight. They're always looking. So their reference point for safety is their mother. And uh, that's just how it is. Mothers need to be predictable and stable and not uptight. They need to be relaxed. Otherwise, the child becomes very anxious. And so you notice a child, if the mother's unsettled, the child will be unsettled. You get a mother who's anxious or uptight or she's got issues unresolved, you can guarantee the child will reflect that and it'll be multiplied in the child. But when a mother's stable and relaxed and loving and uh, just as uh, embraces her child, what happens is the child feels safe. So I've noticed you get a, a child and the mum will just hold it, and then all the, it all just quietens down. The, 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 uh, the yelling and the, all the kind of crying and the upset are just in mummy's arms. Feel safe. And so a mother meets a unique need for a child to feel safe. Listen to the scripture here. It's found in Proverbs 18, verse 10. It says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and are safe. So a mother represents or meets a need in a child to feel safe, In the very same way, we have to learn as we go through life that there is someone we can turn to that will make life safe for us. His name is Jesus Christ. He came and he came to be a savior, one to save us out of troubles. Every person born into this world is born with no relationship with God and Jesus came to demonstrate what God is like and to make life safe for us. I don't know how people live and handle some of the pressures in life, without someone called a savior to help them and give them a sense of security. One of the great things about a relationship with the Lord is is a sense that we are safe because our life is in his hands. Tremendous thing. Now that, That need for safety is first met by a mother. So a mother represents an aspect of God, the aspect of his nature, that he's one who makes life safe. He makes us able to be secure in life not, not that there's not going to be problems, but that inside us we can be at peace in the midst of our problems. Here's a second characteristics of mothers. Uh, another need that every child has, and uh, this is without exception, every child coming into the world has a need to be nurtured. Has a need to be nurtured. To nurture means to feed or to nourish. It's interesting that the first one to feed or nourish the child is the mother. And it's not just a physical nourishing, it's also the nourishment with love, a nourishment with words, a nourishment with uh, embrace, n- nourishment with physical touch and uh, any person or any child that's brought up that is uh, uh, perhaps not nourished, not, is neglected uh, they even seen with children that are in, in the hospital if they're separated from a mother and without touch there's a huge issues in their development emotionally and relationally there is a need for children to have nurture without nurture the human soul withers I remember being in a plane coming from one city to another and I saw this mother and she had a child and as I looked into the child's eyes and the child was obviously physically healthy and well looked after. But what I could sense was there's a dullness in the child and I realized that although the child had been provided for physically with food, there was a lack of love and connection and words that had gone into the soul to bring the child into life. So one of the first needs that a mother meets is the need for a child or a life to be nurtured, to have words, to have touch, to have love, to have affirmation. The Bible tells us very clearly in this respect that a mother represents what God is like. This is an interesting thing Jesus said before he left. The disciples were concerned about him dying, concerned about him leaving, and in John 14, verse 16, he said, I will give you another comforter. His name is called the Holy Spirit. So an aspect, and and the Holy Spirit's role is to come into our life to be a friend to us, to come alongside us, to comfort us, to encourage us, to strengthen us, to speak words into our life that will help us face the challenges of life and will help us to feel valued. When I teach people how to hear the voice of God, almost every time the first things they hear when God speaks to them are words of nurture, I love you. When Jesus was baptized he heard words from God saying this is my loved son I love him I'm pleased with him every human being has the need for words that value them and affirm them and nurture their soul and the first one that meets that need in a person's life is a mother so a mother uniquely represents the heart of God to nurture people and cause us to feel that we're very valuable here's a third area of need that every person has And that's the need for basic trust. One of the things that every person needs in life is the ability to have relationships with other people. In order us to enter relationship, we have to be able to trust. Uh, Trust enables us to reach out to people and connect with them. If you don't trust anyone, you have no meaningful relationships. So if a child's trust factor is damaged and never developed, then that child can never enter into any intimate relationships. They'll always hold their life away from everyone else. So one of the needs that a mother meets is the need for basic trust. When you trust someone, you can begin to invest yourself and form a relationship with them. And so listen to this verse here in Psalm 22 verse 9. You made me to trust when I was on my mother's breasts. In other words, David's saying that the capacity to trust was developed through a relationship with a mother through the nurture on the breast. So when we look at the role of a mother in the nurturing of a child, the breastfeeding, there is a, in, in that particularly unique role that a mother has, it meets the need for a child to trust. And in doing so, it starts to prepare the child to be able to enter into trusting relationships in life. And the Bible tells us very clearly, God is someone that we can trust. And so this is another unique way that mothers represent what God is like. And God is someone that helps us to trust. And there's no way, the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, we can't walk with God except we learn to trust. And so, how does a child learn to trust the mother? Through her love, her consistency, her care, her nurture, her welcome at all times. In the same way, we learn to trust God bit by bit by bit as we commit our life to Him and find Him reliable, faithful, and always there for us. In the home, as a child's growing, usually Mum is always there. Child comes home, mum's there. Wakes up, mum's there. <laughs> when they're very, very young, they're starting to learn basic trust that in my world, there's someone always there that I can trust. She's called mum. In the same way, we're going to learn that in our life, there's someone we can always trust. His name is God. We can put our trust in him, he will never let us down. And then there's the uh, two other areas. Here's the fourth one it's the area of the need to belong. need to belong. Every child, every person has a need to feel like we're connected to something bigger or someone bigger than ourselves. We need to belong somewhere. If you don't belong somewhere, you are alone in life. And so one of the things that a mother does is causes the child when they're growing to meet this need, the meets the need for the child to belong. She belongs to someone. The child belongs to mum. And uh, at the end, all relationships There's a sense where we belong. I love it when I come home. When I come home, it's where I belong. I like being here. I feel I belong here. But you learn these as you're growing. And the place you learn a place of belonging is through a mother's relationship with a child. So a mother models uh, what it is as God is a person who reaches out to embrace us. He's bigger than us. His world is bigger than us. And we belong to him. One of the things God declares very clearly in his word is that we need to be rooted and grounded in love. We need to be established in love. We need to know we belong. Right now, if you're here and you're not a Christian, you don't yet belong to God. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter that Jesus came into this world, shed his blood, that he might redeem us out of the power of sin so we might belong to God. So one of the core needs every person has is a need to belong to something bigger than ourself. That's found as a child with a mother, but now as an adult or as a person later in life, you have that need met by connecting to God who is bigger, greater, has a kingdom that's bigger and beyond what we're involved in. One of the things I have loved about a relationship with God, one of the things that to me has meant perhaps more than anything else is that I belong to him And I belong to the kingdom that he's building, and it's big, and it's in every nation. I've been to many nations in the world, and every place I've gone, I've met people, and we belong to God. It's the most amazing experience. It crosses every culture, the sense that we belong. We're part of a family called the family of God. God is our father. God is for us. God is with us. We belong to him. And where do you learn that need, first of all? You learn it with a mother. The last one is someone to love. Every person needs to learn how to love, how to respond in a relationship. And the first place a child learns to respond to someone in relationship and learns to give love is in a relationship with a mother. That's the very, very first person. So over the early formative years, the child begins and learns how to respond to a mother. And uh, perhaps the one who has the most attention, most time with the child is the mother. Mother holds them and nurses them and looks at them and plays with them. And while dads have somewhat to do with them and they have their part, it's never the same as the mum. Mum spends hours feeding the baby. Mum spends hours doing all kinds of things with the child. And so the child learns to attach to and to love their mother. Every one of us needs someone to love. In Mark 12 and verse 30, it tells us, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Every one of us needs to learn how to love. We need to learn how to love in relationships. We also are designed to love God. And so we learn and we begin to develop that capacity to love as a very young child in a relationship with a mother. An amazing thing. When God made man, he made them Adam and Eve, man and woman. He called them Adam and they represented God in the earth. So a woman's very unique in that a mother represents unique qualities of God and allows in the life of a child those qualities and needs to be met that prepare them for a relationship with God. an amazing thing. We need to honor mothers, eh? need to honor mothers. We need to honor mothers. How can we honor mothers? The Bible says we honor our mother. If we place value upon her, then life will go well for us. We will have tremendous success in areas of life. How can we go about doing it? Let me give you a few things, and then we'll just finish up with one last verse that shows you again how a mother represents very strongly the relationship god has with us here it is so you want to honor your mum? here's a few things you could do just some ideas for today now honor is a godly quality honor is a quality of the kingdom of god honor comes from god and he says when you honor your mother you're honoring a source of your life and things will go well for you here's some ways you can do it if you haven't thought of doing it let's do it today number one words 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 write a letter Say something, write a card, speak some words that say in a meaningful way what mum means to you. Here's the second thing. Give her a hug. Give a meaningful touch. Let her know she's of value to you. See, touch. God speaks words to us. God reaches out to touch us personally. Here's another one. Thank her. Appreciate her. One of the great issues that mothers face, particularly as the children become teens, is the feeling I'm not appreciated. They seem to take, 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 and I'm always here having to fill in and do this and do this and do this and whatever. One of the things that children can do, one of the things young people can do, even as you're older, you can do it, is take time to appreciate, increase the value of your mother by actually speaking words that thank her for what she's done. Try and think specifically of what she's done and say thank you. Special gift is another way of saying thank you. Some mums just love gifts. Here's another way: seek her advice and talk things over with her, instead of shutting her out of your life. Here's another way: uh, give her time and access with the grandchildren. If your children, if you've grown up, and you've got children, gr- grandchildren now. Giving her access to the grandchildren is a way of honouring her. And here's the last couple of ways: as your mother grows older, support her, give practical support and care for her. That's a one way we can honour and show value to her. And finally, even when your mother's gone, and perhaps for some, your mother has gone, one of the ways that you can honor her is honor her memory by recalling what she's like to the next generation. Very, very simple, practical ways we can honor. Let me just finish with this one last verse here, in Isaiah 49, verses 15 and verse 16. And look at this. And this verse tells us how a mother, in many ways, reflects exactly what God is like. And so God uses a mother to describe what he's like with people, only better. Here it is. He said, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the child of her womb? Can a mother ever forget the child she nursed at the breast and nurtured and grew up? The answer is no. And so God says, neither can I forget you. If a mother can forget a child, I could forget you, but a mother doesn't forget a child, neither can I forget you. And he says, not only that, he says, I have written you on the palms of my hand. What an amazing thing that God has engraved us so dearly in his heart. He uses the image of a mother to describe exactly what he is like with us. He can never forget us, and every day he remembers us. What kind of God is this that never forgets us? Every day he remembers us and every day he wants to reach out to meet basic needs in our life. Our need for safety, our need for nurture, our need for uh trust, our need for belonging, a need for someone to love. God meets every one of those needs and a mother uniquely represents that. Let's just close our eyes right now.